I remember walking up to receive the host, receiving Jesus, and then going up to the extraordinary minister to receive uh, the precious blood. And again, mind you, I, I was praying for this sign of like, God, I know that this, on an intellectual level, that you are here, that you are present. Give me this like experience. Give me this encounter with you that I will never question again that you are here, right? And so, and again, that one day when I'm walking up, I go up to receive the precious blood. I, I receive the precious blood. And the only way I could put it is like this atomic explosion of flowers just happened, you know, just like boom. Welcome to the I Am Here podcast, a space to be inspired by stories of men and women who have found in the Eucharist the strength and purpose for their lives. I'm your co-host, Leah Butalid, and I've been gathering stories for the I Am Here campaign. And I'm Father Mario Amore, a priest of the Archdiocese of Detroit. And today we welcome our guest, Nick Schweitzer, to share his story. Welcome, Nick. We're so glad to have you. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Definitely, definitely. So to help our audience get to know you a little more, what parish do you go to sure. here in Detroit? My parish is St. Mary's in Rockwood, which is down, or, well, it's northern Monroe County, Downriver area. Wonderful, yep. wonderful. Downriver boy. That's down right, River from boy. the same place. <laughs> That's right. Downriver represent, Father. That's right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And um, where, or what do you do for a living? Yeah, so I am actually a mission support director for the Central Downriver Families of Parishes. Awesome. Um, family Parishes, excuse me. And um, I'm also the business manager of St. Pius uh, Parish, which is in Southgate, okay. which includes the school as well. Um, actually, coming to work for the church, however, was a new is a new thing for me. I, I was previously working in corporate world. I was working in Warren. Um, I was control over company there. Uh, awesome, uh, godly leader. Uh, and there was really just this transition that happened during COVID mostly. Mm. Um, it was this very, uh, this moment where we just, me and my wife were praying and thinking about where, what we wanted to do, right, mm-hmm. basically, mm-hmm. and uh, and led me to coming to work for the church, which has been an absolute blessing and, and amazing. So wonderful. Yeah, it's been wonderful. Praise God. So you're married? Mm-hmm. I am married. Yes, that's correct. So I'm married. Um, we just actually had our anniversary on September 15th. Congratulations. Wow. So uh, Congratulations. we're now four years married and we have three kids. Um, oh, so good. And they're amazing. Uh, my wife is amazing. We, we're, oh gosh, so blessed. So, oh, yeah. What ages are the kids? So my daughter turned three in June. Okay. My son is turning two this month. Okay. And then my other daughter, she'll be one in January. What a so, blast. Yeah. Nice. It is a so blast. Great. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's right. So good. So yeah. good. Well, Nick, we were so grateful that you shared your story with us um, on IamHere.org. Thank mm-hmm. you again for, for just sharing what God has done in your life. And I'd like to just kind of dive into to what you shared there, um, starting with kind of your journey growing up in the Catholic faith. What was your relationship with the Eucharist like growing up as a Catholic? Yeah. So I've been I've been so blessed and I, and I see this, you know, when I reflect upon my life. Um, so I was raised in a, in a Catholic family mm-hmm. and um, God was always the absolute center of, of our family life. Um, I always knew God. I always loved God. Um, again, thanks to my parents who wow. instilled that upon me mm-hmm. and my brother. Um, and I always, uh, you know, we would always go to mass. Um, and, and again, I always knew God's love, right? But one thing I, I w- didn't always know, and this was just from, from my own lack of, uh, I guess, putting time into it or whatever you want, want to call it, I didn't always know that Jesus was truly present, body, mm-hmm. blood, soul, and divinity in the sure. Eucharist. Um, I knew at Mass that something significant was happening. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely knew that. Um, but I wouldn't be able to, ex- I, I wouldn't have been able to pinpoint and say that, you know, like what Jesus says in John 6, you know, right. that, you know, he is, that he is truly present. I wouldn't have, have no, I didn't know that. Um, so that was kind of, uh, 
the background that I was that I was coming from, sure. and then God over the course of my life has certainly uh, made it very apparent to me <laughs> um, through my own experience now uh, yeah. that uh, that He is truly present. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what were some of those things that took place to lead you to that that sense of His presence there? That is a great question. So, um, yeah. So. So back in 2015, mm-hmm. so this was when uh, uh, me and who's the woman who is now my wife, Madison, we were dating. Um, me, as we just said, a lifelong Catholic, um, born and raised in the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, Madison, non-denominational Protestant. Spoiler alert, she came into the church. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's kind of part of the story, I guess, that we can be telling here today. I love it. Um, so, uh, so back in 2015, when, um, you know, I, I, has, I was already beginning to explore the depths of the Catholic faith. Okay, mm-hmm. um, just because I was always like asking questions, I had to own it for myself, right? Sure. So I knew from my family, through how they lived their life and through what I experienced with them, that Catholicism was, you know, I wouldn't have put it this way, but the one true faith mm-hmm. um, at the time, I wouldn't have put it that way. Um, but I needed to own that for myself. So, so really, how that happened was I was just like, all right, I need to start looking into this stuff. I discovered um, Father John Ricardo's podcast, mm-hmm. uh, also a radio show, Christ is the Answer. That mm-hmm. was absolutely life-changing to me. Um, a few books too, Scott Hahn's, both Scott Hahn books, um, The Lamb's Supper okay. and um, Rome Sweet Home. Mm. Those were phenomenal in my formation as well. And then lastly, I would say uh, What Happens at Mass by Abbot Jeremy Driscoll. Because mm. um, again, I knew something significant was happening. I just didn't know what exactly. And that book, yeah. oh, that just, that just mm-hmm. brought it home wow. for me. Um, so I was so that's kind of the backdrop, right, mm-hmm. for this situation. So when me and Madison started dating, um, and I remember one day, and again, not being fully convinced that mm-hmm. the Catholic faith was the one true faith, but getting there, mm-hmm. um, Madison asked me one day when we were still dating, of like, hey, if we were to get married, where would we, where would our kids go, like to church? Wow. What faith would they be raised in? Mm-hmm. And me at that time responded by saying, uh, well, we can go to both because I wasn't fully convinced yet, right? Sure. Um, on my own and. Uh, in Holy Spirit moment, her response was, I don't know that's a good idea. Wow. And again, Holy Spirit moment, my response <laughs> to that was like, well, I guess we got to find out what's true then. Uh-huh. Um, so, so that's what we did. Again, I, I dove into those books, uh, that, that podcast. And I didn't know, this maybe sounds funny today, but I had no clue that Father John Ricardo was even in the area. When I discovered that he was in Plymouth, I'm like, okay, he's like less than 30 minutes away. Wow. And it was a parish mission that was coming up like that week. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, let's go there. You know, so, so we went. That first night, oh man, spoke straight to me. It was amazing. Um, I told Father John briefly my story, um, and he was like, "Hey, let's you know, after Easter, let's get some, let's get dinner." I'm like, "All right." Day two of the mission, Madison comes as well. She was there the first night too, but that second night was like straight to her, and we walked out of there, and she was like, "Oh my gosh, like that that was that was incredible." I began after that parish mission to go to daily mass, and I I got I was then fully convinced that the Catholic faith was the one true faith on an intellectual level, right? After diving into these things, and my heart was being spoken to as well. Um, and then one day at, um, at Shrine of the Little Flower in Royal Oak, again, this was when I was working on the east side in Warren, so I'd go there for a daily mass to the 6.30 mass, and I would go every day. I'd receive communion from the same extraordinary minister every, every day, basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I remember walking up to receive the host, receiving Jesus, and then going up to the extraordinary minister to receive uh, the precious blood. And again, mind you, I, I was praying for this sign mm-hmm. of like, God, I know that this, 
on an intellectual level that you are here, that you are present. Um, give me this like experience, give me this encounter with you that I will never question again <laughs> that you are here, right? And so, and again, that one day when I'm walking up, I go up to receive the precious blood, I, I receive the precious blood, and the only way I could put it is like this atomic explosion of flowers just happened, you know, oh just like boom. And I, it was so powerful, so supernatural hmm. um, that immediately the person who was the extraordinary minister, I'd like to talk to them today, <laughs> just to be like, when I handed the chalice back, it was just like, as my hands are shaking right now, <laughs> thinking about it, <laughs> handing it back, like I was, I was like, what in the world just happened? And I just, my only response was like, I should be on the floor right mm -hmm. now. Like it was so obvious this was this concrete, real encounter with Jesus mm -hmm. yeah. that he was communicating to me. I believe also through the intercession, being at Shrine of the Royal, right. <laughs> Shrine of the Royal Oak, <laughs> Little Flower, yeah. St. Therese, um, through her also mystical, Our Lady under the title of Mystical Rose, all those things combined in one. Um, and that explains the atomic explosion of flowers, right? <laughs> all those things combined. But it was so clear that God was, that this was the sign that was being communicated to me. Um, that, that Jesus is truly present. When that happened, how did you react? Like when you went back to your pew, did you just oh my gosh, yeah, fall apart? Exactly, <laughs> exactly, right? So again, I, ch I hand the chalice back. My eyes are just like, oh my gosh, like what just happened? Yeah. And I just felt like I should be on the floor. I went back and knelt back on the ground, on, on, the, on the kneeler. And I was like, I, I still didn't like, it was so obvious what just happened. But at the same time, I was like taking it all in, trying to comprehend it all. Like sure. this actually happened. Like God truly acts. And I knew mm -hmm. that. He's done it in my life over and over again. Yeah. But like the, the children of Israel, right, is always forgetting like what, what God has done for right. you. That was like what was happening there. And But that was just so supernatural and mm -hmm. so so apparent that mm -hmm. he was saying like, yes, I am here. Yeah. Um, so you said, um, you know, like we forget, you mm -hmm. know, so we, we have those experiences and then a lot of times we forget and a little while later we begin to question again. So yeah. do you, when that happens for you, maybe it doesn't, I don't know, um, but when when perhaps you feel like maybe you're you're taking the Eucharist for for granted again, or, or not having that same experience, um, do you do you try to bring yourself back to that moment? Or, oh or my goodness! What what does your prayer look like? Yeah, just Sunday after Sunday or day after mm -hmm. day when you turn back when you go back to your pew. Yeah, so Father, that, that's a phenomenal question, and and I'll answer it twofold. Because actually, when I was coming in today, reflecting on this, right? This was this podcast right now was one of those moments for me, okay? Mm -hmm. Again, taking all these blessings for granted, right? My family, everything um, for granted, right? And, and coming up to the seminary to, to talk about what God has done to me and seeing this beautiful building on this beautiful day here. And I was just like, I was back in that moment though, back in, back in 2015 and thinking about that. I'm like, I then, I would never have thought about what, I, I would never have expected myself to be here today sharing this testimony with the Archdiocese of Detroit in the seminary. Mm -hmm. That that was just otherworldly. I would never even cross my mind. And that's just what God has done in my life, mm -hmm. that he has just kept repeatedly acted, right? Um, and, and again, to that other point with your question was, um, it's always, it, and it's so difficult when you have three kids, <laughs> you know what I mean? And balancing them, you know, mm -hmm. bringing them up to communion too, and um, to, to place yourself in that mind of like, this is truly Jesus, mm -hmm. you know? And he has made this obvious to me. Um, but you do, you have, to, you have to recall those things that happened in your past um, and in your present, you know, um, to be able to consciously remember, like, this is really him. Mm -hmm. Like you have this longing sometimes in prayer to be with Jesus in the garden or at the cross. Mm -hmm. And 
we as Catholics really get to do that. Like not just pretend, not, not mm. like trying to imagine it in your mind. When we are at mass, that is actually what is happening. Mm -hmm. We are there with Jesus at the cross. We were there at the last supper. You know, we were there in the garden. Um, and, uh, so to remember those things, you, you have to make that, that conscious decision. Being rooted in scripture is very helpful, mm -hmm. especially if you're praying with scripture. Because like, again, you wanna insert yourself into the story so much. It's like, oh, I, I wish I was there, mm -hmm. right? But you, we are there mm -hmm. with, through the sacraments, through especially you know, the Eucharist mm -hmm. um, and confession as well. You know, like mm -hmm. We are truly at those moments. So um, I would say praying with scripture a lot is, is definitely helpful uh, in the craziness of, of everyday life to root yeah. yourself back and to know where you really are when you're at mass mm -hmm. or in adoration. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So how did Madison react when you shared this experience? I'm glad this you asked that. Remarkable moment. Yes. With her. I'm glad you asked that question because I had I didn't even tell her this. Okay. And then something else happened to her. All right. Okay. So, so this goes kind of together, right? So she was the one who still at this point was non-denominational. Sure. And um, and uh, so when she she was also looking for signs like, hey, what's going on? You know. Um, and one day driving down the street, windows up in an area that was frequently driven through. Um, she told me one day, she was like, I was driving and I just had this like, it was crazy. This like super abundant, you know, like smell of like flowers. It was crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, oh, I'm like, what just happened? And I'm like, St. Therese is after us. We got to watch out. Oh my um, gosh. So, uh, that was, so that's when I told her, I'm like this, I was like, when I was at mass at Shrine, you know, this happened when I got just, what I just told you guys. And she's like, that is, that is crazy, you know? Wow. Um, so she took that as well as like a sign because she was praying about it. So to get back to that, back to that parish mission, right? Because this is all, all, all happening at the same time. Um, we then did go to dinner with Father John uh, at Kumpari's downtown Plymouth. And uh, we were sitting there talking. And, and I remember Father John saying uh, to me, and this was, I was like, oh boy. Um, so he said to me, we're still dating. Me and Madison. And How long had you been dating? At so time? at this point, it's probably been a year and a half, okay. some, something like that. Great. Um, and uh, he was like, "So why haven't you married her yet?" And my jaw's on Whoa. the floor. I'm like, "Oh boy, all right." And she uh, was there. She was there. Okay. Yes, she was there. So this is—I was on the spot. <laughs> but my answer, and this was truly my answer at, at this at this time, because of what God had done in my life, was if we were to get married today, me being a Catholic, I would be able to receive communion. Thanks be to God. Um, and Madison would not because she would, she has, she's still at this point, a, a non-denominational Protestant, even though she is in the walk toward the church, she wasn't Catholic yet. Um, so I said, I would be able to receive and she wouldn't. And something very massive would be missing mm -hmm. if, if that were to happen today, if we were to get married today. And, um, Father John then said, okay, good answer. And then he turns to Madison and says, so why aren't you Catholic? And again, Whoa. jaw on the floor, <laughs> you know, and, um. And then I remember him, him then saying to her that, you know, Jesus says in John 6 that unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. And again, my jaws on the floor, I got chills just thinking about that right now, was, was hearing a priest, hearing, hearing a man speak about the faith with such confidence um, was incredible to hear as a Catholic even. And we walked out of there and Madison basically said, I have no more, like, I have no more qualms, no more reservations about oh. becoming Catholic. Like, I oh. want to do this. So then we did go through our CIA um, at Our Lady of Good Counsel in Plymouth. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was her sponsor. Cool. Um, it was incredible. Amazing for me, let alone her becoming Catholic. It was some of the most amazing nine months or so, whatever that was, 
um, of our life. And it, it was absolutely amazing. What was her response when he looked across the table at her and said, <laughs> and said that? Yeah. It was kind of like a stammering. Like, like well, I think it was, yeah, it was like, because we've talked about this, her and mm-hmm. I, and it was, it was like a, like, oh man, like, yeah, the good question. Like, why am I not, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, because at this point she was on that walk toward, mm-hmm. toward the faith, toward the one true faith in, in Catholicism. And um, so it was just a question that, again, a Holy Spirit question that spoke straight to the heart, mm-hmm. you know? Um, where she's like, yeah, why am I not, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. What is your, um, as a couple, mm-hmm. you know, as, as a Catholic married couple, what does your relationship look like in terms of prayer or devotion? Yeah. That's, that's a really good question. And again, this is something that's constantly developing and changing. Because mm-hmm. um, there are times that we do it well and times where we just don't. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get caught up in, in the, you know, everyday life and it's like, man, we didn't even, like, I didn't even pray today. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that happens. Mm-hmm. And uh, so in, in moments where we, where we do have, you know, moments of silence together um, is something that we should be capitalizing on with regards to spending time with God. And if I'm honest and frank, we do not do that enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, because it's like when you go through the day, again, like I said, having three kids that are three and under, um, it's a busy day. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful and amazing day, but it's a busy one, right? Yeah. <laughs> Where you get to the end of the day and you're tired and then you turn to like, I don't know, watching sports or something, which I love sports, right? Which is a great thing. But I, I shouldn't be doing that in place of prayer, right? Mm-hmm. So at your your wedding, you both were able to receive the mm-hmm. Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Can you share a little bit about what that was like or yeah. what that meant to you at the time? Yes. Um, and gosh, it was everything leading up to that day. There was so much, you know, going on between, you know, uh, you know, she had she had chosen to become Catholic before we were we were even engaged. So mm-hmm. um, so we were able able to go through our engagement, you know, um, you know, going to mass together. Um, Actually, we would go a lot of times Wednesday night at St. Mary's in Rockwood, which is, like I said, my parish. Um, and uh, and just that devotion to the liturgy um, also went into our wedding day itself, mm. you know, where we had this, um, we were used to going to Mass together. Mm-hmm. But this one was was different, you know, because it wasn't like there was multiple sacraments happening there, right? Yeah. And to know that, like, to unite yourself to that sacrifice of Jesus on the cross in the mass, um, and that's what's also happening in marriage, where you know we're both sacrificing for each other, um, was was something that was truly amazing. And to be able to then that day receive Jesus mm-hmm. in the Eucharist, to be given, you know, all the graces that we need to live the life that we're called to um, and all that happening in that, you know, what appears to be just a little white host, you know, but that's really like Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity, who's going to give you everything that you need in order to carry out what he has called you to do. Um, That was a super powerful moment. And then I remember, oh gosh, like, I think if I'm not, yeah, it was Panis Angelicus was being sung, which is this beautiful, I believe it's from St. Thomas, right? Mm -hmm. Father, um, St. Thomas Aquinas's writing and, oh man, it's just, you know, the bread of angels is what Pontius Angelicus means. And it was, uh, it was incredible. Um, and then we had another one. Uh, our, our entry was O Manum Mysterium. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> oh gosh. Now it's about Christmas. Uh-huh. Okay. And I remember somebody asking like, well, okay, so this is a Christmas hymn. Like what's up with that? And it was like, 
I don't know. It was just for us. It was so one. It's an absolutely beautiful, beautiful piece of music. Oh my gosh. Um, and uh, just hearing that, you know, I re- I remember being in the sacristy getting ready, you know, for our for our wedding liturgy to begin, and that song began to be played, and I just started like to cry. Wow. Um, like oh oh beautiful oh what is it oh my new mister mysterium oh great mystery mm-hmm. right. Um, which I think is also, in my mind, was always an echo to what St. Paul says about marriage. So that was mm-hmm. kind of the link there. Mm-hmm. Like he's talking about Jesus being born in the nativity, right, and on, on Christmas Day. And then also that link to um, Ephesians 5, you know, with, um, oh, what great a mystery, uh, you know, regarding the sacrament between man and woman in marriage. Mm-hmm. And so those two, how, how Catholicism just is all linked. The sacraments are like, you know, all linked and lead, you know, to each other, just an amazing thing. Um, and all that struck me mm-hmm. in the liturgy. And then it culminated, right, both at the point where we were both able to receive Jesus and the Eucharist together, mm-hmm. while at the same time we were becoming one flesh in the marriage rite, right. um, was all of it coming together. Mm-hmm. All it, it, I still, to this day, gosh, as you probably can tell, I still can't even put it into words. <laughs> yeah. um, everything powerful. that happens in, in that time because it's, I mean, it's an eternal mystery, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, great mystery, gosh, right? Yeah. Um, where you can just contemplate that forever. And I, one, I thank you for asking that question, but just to like be able to to reflect on that right now. Yeah. Um, it's an awesome thing to always to recall all of those things happening. And gosh, God is, God is so good, you know? And yes. now, as you mentioned, like every time we receive the Eucharist, we, we receive grace, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so you uh, and your wife, you know, together at Mass, receiving Holy Communion. Can you talk a little bit about how how that grace is is lived out from Sunday to Sunday or from day to day yeah. in your married life? I think we miss a lot of times just making those connections mm-hmm. um, of how, you know, the Lord gives to us that that strength that we need to to live out this life of holiness that he calls us to. Yeah, that is awesome. So, um, again, having that that Mass that happens, you know, on, well, every day, but uh, especially the Sunday liturgy, um, to prepare you for your life, for, mm-hmm. for the week, mm-hmm. um, to orient you, you know, each week um, is something that is absolutely necessary. When we receive Eucharist, the Eucharist on Sunday, you are in that moment literally being prepared for everything that is going to happen in that week until that next Sunday comes. But it's like, it's a constant offering. I would say just, it's a constant offering of, of ourselves mm-hmm. to each other, to our children. Um, to Jesus as we follow him, um, just as he is offering himself to us in the Sunday liturgy and mass. So like him giving us that grace that happens on on Sunday, we are, again, very present, very there for what we are about to partake in throughout the week, where in moments that may be crazy moments, again, say, especially with, you know, with kids or just in marriage, even if you don't have any kids, um, you need to be able to forgive each other, to be able to... Um, love each other as Jesus has loved and forgiven us. And, um, and to be able to do that every single week in going to mass and to rec- and, and receiving him is a, is a constant reminder that we need to, to remember to do that for each other because God has done that for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and like how much I have offended God, right, in sin, in one sin doesn't compare to how like my wife or I may have spoken 
to each other in like not the most loving way in one specific moment, right? Sure. So it's like it's only fitting then for us to forgive each other when we both have been forgiven so much by mm-hmm. our, our eternal loving Father, um, who has given us everything, including life. Um, so being able to go to Mass and receive Jesus in the Eucharist, like that is what every week is that reminder. And again, without it, gosh, I don't even know what, mm-hmm. where I would be, what I would, what I'd be mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it like for you with your little ones, um, mm-hmm. kind of cultivating a love for the Eucharist yeah. uh, in, you know, their squirminess and all oh, yeah. of that? What's that like? And that is all present, right? <laughs> squirminess and love for Jesus both. Beautiful. Thanks, thanks be to God. Yeah. Um, like there's been just incredible moments, right? Like, okay, so a lot of people, and I, I, you feel this, I feel this as a, as a father, as a parent, that it's like you're going to mass and you're like, oh, my kid's going to be making a lot of noise. Like, oh, gosh. Like, and, and you feel that like, um, I get why people think I, I, I'm not going to bring my kid to mass mm-hmm. or I'm not going to go to mass because my child is going to be loud and crazy. Okay. Mm-hmm. I understand that. Um, but like, one, if you don't bring your kid to mass, they're never going to know how to go, mm-hmm. right? But them going has like blessed me more than like anything. You know, mm-hmm. seeing their childlike love of God mm-hmm. is is an amazing and beautiful thing. So I'd recommend to any parent who does not go to mass because of the case of children or whatever it may be, or doesn't bring their kids to do it because like there's oh my god, like I, I remember you know at, at the elevation right where they're where the priest holds up. Jesus, again, fully present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist for us all to see in that moment. And when you hear either, say, my child or another child, you hear it sometimes in church where there's like a bunch of kids or, you know, however many kids, and you hear, hi, Jesus. Oh, you know, like a little kid that'll say so it. Like, yeah. And I've said that too, like to my, to, to my daughter, you know, we'll be kneeling there and the priest will hold up Jesus. And, um, you know, in my mind, I'm saying, you know, like my Lord and my God, um, and then, like to your child, you kind of like lean over and you're like, "Say hi, Jesus." And like, hi, Jesus. It's like it's really cute. Um, but it, it's again that childlike faith. It's so inspiring to me. Right. Yeah. Um, to be like, man, yeah, like hi, Jesus. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's here with us, mm-hmm. and uh, and that like let the children come to me. That's another thing that comes to mind whenever I think about it. Is like anytime that I feel like say stressed or something about my my child acting up at mass or making noise or whatever, I always hear Jesus say to me let the little ch- children come mm-hmm. to me and do not hinder them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ooh, okay. <laughs> you were pretty clear on that point. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Um, like he wants them there, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. who am I to say like, oh no, you're not prepared. You, you mm-hmm. can't, you know what I mean? Um, so again, bring them to the mass while it's difficult. Yes, while they're, it's a, a battle, like you said, with all the squirminess and sometimes noise and sometimes a lot of loud noise. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, step out when you need to or whatever, go to the vestibule, let them regather themselves, whatever. But, like, it's another aspect of it is is when that mass ends, okay, and you were there, either in the vestibule or in the pew or even just outside the door, whatever, <laughs> um, there's a very small offering of oneself as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. Um, as, as a sacrifice, as a parent, mm-hmm. um, to go through the, um, also just, you know, the... It can be embarrassing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it can be uh, again difficult. It's a fight, um, but that Jesus is with you through all of it. Nothing is not important to him. Like this is, it may be so seemingly mundane that your child may be acting up at mass, but 
but that is also a small sacrifice that you can offer to God. Yeah. And to be able to do that in the context of liturgy while Jesus is actually like sacrificing himself mm -hmm. for you mm -hmm. um, right in front of us, it's a helpful thing to see mm -hmm. and to get through it. By the end of Mass, you're like, you feel just like Jesus said from the cross, it is accomplished, right? You feel that like mm -hmm. at the end of Mass, it is <laughs> like, accomplished. You know what I mean? We did it. We've got you through know? it. Yeah. yeah. And it's so again, like difficult, yes, but like the blessings that come from it are so much yeah. more great. I'm glad you said that. You brought that up. Um, because a parent had asked another priest about this before. He said, you know, I just I just don't, I don't even want to go. To, like, I want to go, but it's such a struggle. The kids are wild and, mm -hmm. you know, I'm embarrassed. And and the priest said, you know, that's that's part of the sacrifice. Every time yeah. we come to Mass, wow. you know, we, we have have just this wonderful ability to, to, to unite ourselves in the sacrifice of Christ. And yeah. that that's one of the sacrifices of parents, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. so just being able to do that. And, and we say like, we're, we're supposed to offer every part of who we are and every part of who we are is the vocation that we're called to, the struggles, the difficulties and the joys as well. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's important to, to, to be mindful of that and to yeah. encourage other parents as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much, Nick, for, for sharing, I mean, that perspective itself and then your entire testimony. It's powerful. And what the Lord has done in your life is such a gift. So thank you for um, being willing to come on and dive a little deeper here on the podcast. Um, we're really grateful for your witness. Thank you again so much for having me. It's just a, a blessing that what God has done. I, I just want, I'd love, I love the opportunity to share that with others. So I appreciate you guys very much. Um, and yeah, man, God is good. And, and so good. Yeah, he's been great to me and great to all of us. So Praise Appreciate God. It. Yeah, well, thank you. And thank you for listening to the I Am Here podcast. You can read and listen to more stories of people encountering Jesus in the Eucharist at IamHere.org. And we also invite you to share your story with us. I Am Here is a campaign by the Archdiocese of Detroit and Hello App in support of the National Eucharistic Revival.